Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, the only feminist scrapbooking show on the planet, where we discuss the amazing ways that people are documenting their lives today. I'm your host, Kristen Tweedale, aka Are You Kristen Feminist Scrapbooker. This is the season of Habit, brought to you by the Awesome Ladies Project community. Download our free app at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash app. Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast. Today on the show, we have May Ratz, who is one of my favorite people in the entire world. And I am delighted to talk to her today about her new podcast and hopefully a lot of other things. Hey, May, how you doing? Oh, I, I'm great now. I just oh, went to the awesome. dentist. I got told that I have beautiful teeth. And now I'm here with you. What a great day. We're going to have a fantastic conversation. Can you tell everybody a little bit more about you? Yeah, sure. My full name is May Long, Margaret Churance. I go by May. Um, I'm a mixed race Chinese het cis woman. And I live right now just outside of Sedona, Arizona, where it's it's a little rainy. So it means that everything in the world's going to be okay. And I'm a coach. I'm a DEIJ facilitator, diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. I'm a mom to a toddler who is a girl until she tells me otherwise. Her name is Crosley. I love a man named Sam. I used to be a competitive swimmer. I buy plants, but I do not water them. And I give a lot of shits about the workplace and how to make it more mm, hospitable to humans. So that's the work that I do. I, I went to art school. I'm creative director. Uh, I'm an artist. I'm a photographer. I'm, I'm a lot of the things. I don't know. I'm a millennial. Yes. I, well, I, I think you are honestly just one of the coolest people I know. <laughs> oh. And I think it is. It's because you embrace all of these different aspects of who you are. You. And you have one of the coolest kids also. <laughs> I do. She's just fantastic. Sure. Little bike turn. Oh my God, I died. Don't you share a birthday? We do. We have the same birthday. Yeah, you're birthday twins. You're the best aunt. You just, you're the best. I, yes, I just, I can't wait for the day that we all get to hang out in person. You little Aquariuses. No I know when, yes, she's just. Mm. You, you also forgot that you ask the best questions. Oh, I'm a question asker. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's. I think that might be my favorite reason for being <laughs> your friend is that you, because I love asking questions. I, I think it's one of my favorite things in the whole world is just sitting down with a person and, like, diving into questions. Mm. And and you you are the best question asker. Oh well, what a great hour we have ahead of us. I know. I'm so excited. So you have a new podcast that's out. I have a new podcast. I feel like I've birthed a different, another baby. Yeah. Talk about this. Tell me, tell me how, how did this come about? Well, for some context, I work, I work with and for this very, very magical human being whose name is Mo Carrick. And she is a leadership consultant among many things. She's wonderful. She's a boomer. She's white. She, all her kids are grown or almost grown and so we're from very different places, you know, mm-hmm. we, she grew up on the East coast. I grew up in the West. Like we just, we shouldn't really be 
together. And she is so much of my people, you know, yeah. like she's my person. And I knew that at some point, that's why I like hunted down this job with her, but she, it's been a long time coming. We've worked together for five and a half years and she's tried to launch podcast before and it didn't really work, whatever, whatever. And we're, so now it was like, let's just do it. Let's just go for it. Let's try it. So that's where this one started. And then um, it has been hilarious <laughs> because you, anyone that has ever been interviewed by Kristen knows that she's very organized and sends you questions beforehand and it makes you feel very calm. That is the opposite of how I'm running a podcast. Just so everyone knows, I don't tell anyone what we're talking about. I don't prep mo. We don't have a podcast studio. I've never even seen the fancy thing that you're talking into. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Let's be quite clear. And it's working out. <laughs> we're showing up in our messiness and our wildness. And we're talking about work. And we're talking about where the lines intersect between work and life and millennials and boomers and how to talk to each other about hard things. And it's, it's turning out great. Turns out we just are being more honest and more wild and that's paying off. I, and I'm also not surprised that your podcast is working out with just <laughs> like. Spit in the, a prayer. Yeah. The fundamentals, because <laughs> that's, that's how I did my podcast at the beginning. Yeah. It, with nothing. I didn't send out people questions. I didn't send, you know, I didn't have fancy things. It was just like, oh, over time, what would make this easier for me? Oh, this would make it easier. Yeah. Oh, well, this would make it easier. I'm feeling a little bit of friction here, so let's add this into the mix. And I only would have known that because we did it DIY style. But you you are also, one of your gifts is like, is looking systemically at the things you are doing and then filling holes. You are a magical unicorn person when it comes to those things. I also feel like I want to demystify podcasting that it is not as hard as it seems. Yeah, no, not at all. If you have something you want to say into the world, there is no certificate that you need to earn in order to put wisdom out into the world. 100%. Like, I just feel like there's some weirdness out there and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's like a, I don't know, maybe white heterosis men don't feel that way, but it seems like there's still some barriers to entry here and I'm saying knock them down. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's so, that's a really good point is that the forces that be mm -hmm. can make podcasting look like you need certain things to achieve quote unquote podcaster status. Totally. Have you watched any of there's oh, only murders in the building? Oh, no, but I see it when I scroll. Should I be watching it? It's actually really good. And the relationship between Steve Martin, Martin Short, and then Selena <laughs> Gomez is so adorable. Oh. Like that that intergenerational yeah. relationship is so good. But they're it's all about podcasting. And they just talk into their phones the whole time. Wow. See? Which is like right. Yeah. If you can talk into your phone, you can podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't need anything fancy. Totally. I think 
one of the reasons that Mo and I's podcast is it feels very important to me right now too is that when we look at where our podcast is when we pull it up on iTunes it's us and like 50 white dudes yes I'm like okay no (laughs) no 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 this is not gonna work they're not the ones that get to talk about work all the time they're not the ones that know the rules you don't have to get up at 4 a.m and have a ice bath and drink a green smoothie in order to be successful that's not how all work works and it shouldn't work that way work is broken and it needs to be fixed and we're going to start it over here on this podcast that we just come up with out of our, like, out of nowhere, you know? But I also want that to be known. If anybody listens, just know that that's like exactly what Mo and I are thinking at that exact moment. <laughs> no scripting. Well, and I think that that's so important because traditionally in the work productivity, you know, yeah. here's how we get things done sphere. It's this regimented, you know, you get up at this time, you... You know, get up. You have your sacred hours. You have. That's not how so Mm -hmm. much of the world just physically operates. Isn't that also just so shaming? It's shaming. It's gatekeeping. Yeah. Honestly, it makes you look like a moron. (laughs) Because you just don't like. You heard it here. You honestly just don't know. Yeah. Other people, like, it It makes you look, you only know people who can get up and have sacred hours. So you don't know moms, you don't know disabled people, you don't know people who work two jobs, you don't know people who work overnights. Like, you just don't right. have any capacity to understand people whose lives don't look totally. like yours. Yeah. And that's sad. No neurodivergence whatsoever. Oh my god. Mm. The productivity yeah. space and their lack of... So toxic. It, it's... It's so boring. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It seems also a little lazy to me. Like, (laughs) try harder, y'all. Try harder to get more people in here. Exclusion is easy. Inclusion's hard. Try. Just try a little harder. I mean, I feel every single time, and it's like, here are the top 10 books for business. And it's like, I'm sorry that you just want to be friends with, like, those five guys or those 10 guys so you're like yeah uh yeah i those it's books, a circle jerk those exactly i'm so glad that this is a brave space where we get to say that but it's true it's totally true and that's not what business is that's the other <laughs> thing is like there are mega successful places for example your business who i would read that book for sure please write it that don't run that way and can't exactly there are so and there's so many businesses that are run by moms yeah there are so many businesses that are run by you know caretakers of whatever gender totally and it doesn't start with waking up at any specific time or (laughs) mandating that you are locked in focus mode yeah. Unable to respond to an emergency, however big or small. Yeah. If your kid needs you, your kid needs you. Or what if your brain just needs you? What if you just don't, you know, what if work looks different that day? I have been struggling so hard for the last like three weeks with just like, you know, a family thing happened, which made my brain all fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And then my brain was working again. And now I'm doing a whole bunch of knowledge work. And knowledge work does not look like 
nine to five grind work. And when you've been ingrained to do nine to five grind work and what that looks like, and then you're doing knowledge work, which is Kristen, you're walking around the house for an hour (laughs) trying to think about things. And it's like, I know that I'm working. Yeah. Trying to fit into some rigid schedule set by someone else is not why we built our businesses in the first place. No, it's not very, it's not very, it doesn't work with humanity, which is something we talk about all the time. Like if humans are machines, great. Let's get, let's get going. But they're not, they're messy. They're filled with emotion. They need certain things to thrive, you know? So it's no wonder that it feels there's so much pressure to be in a certain box or that you're not going to do it right, or that you haven't been doing it right, or that there's some secrets yes. that you're supposed to know before you even get there. All of those things, like, that, right, why don't I know this thing that I'm supposed to know? Yeah. Like, there's some weirdness about that you have to learn something. Like, hello, it's okay to learn things. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change your business. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> like, when did we start shaming learning, you know? Ugh, frustrates me. We don't talk about, well, we're gaining knowledge through doing things. And that knowledge helps us to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those better decisions are going to shift the direction of things. Mm -hmm. That is good. Yes. Yes. It's good if we get new information that lets us make better decisions. Yes. Because that's how we make the best, most informed decisions for what we actually want to do. Not the thing we decided we wanted to do a year and a half ago when we wrote down, this is my goal. Yeah. 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 And that starts early, doesn't it? You know, we like, we ask little kids what they want to be when they grow up, you know, like we've been trying to shoot a straight arrow for a long time in our lives. So it doesn't surprise me that you get into the work world and you just instantly feel behind. You instantly feel like you should have known something. And all of those things that we, you know, at five years old, we're like, oh, well, I want to be this and I want to be that and I want to be this. Those things don't actually exist anymore. Mm-mm. They're completely different mm-hmm. and come with entirely different obligations, both mm-hmm. societal and contractual. Totally. And it's not fair to hold ourselves to even standards that we set, even ideas or goals that we set and Mm -hmm. thought about when we were, even yesterday, let alone, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting if all of that was just about research? You know, if you just treated your brain as research or your ideas as research, isn't that so interesting? Isn't that so interesting that I think that, or that I feel that way? You know, everything is seasonal also. I think there's this bit about like, you have to be there now. You have to do this right this second. If you're not doing all of the things, you're behind. If you're not, you know, and it's like, that's just not the season we're in. That's not the season you're in. And that's okay. It can't be winter and summer at the same time. And I, that maddens me about what we're going to be, what we're going to make, you know, like, does it have, do we have to know, or can we squint at it a little bit until we round the bend to the season that it's in? It's going to become clear. I have had to learn so much about seasonality Mm. in life and the different season and how the different seasons work for me. Mm -hmm. Summer is a go season for me. I am a summer. I love summer. Summer is (laughs) 
you're talking about literal seasons right now. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Using actual seasons to help me realize this is a, you know, maybe a dormancy period mm-hmm. or this is a push period mm-hmm. and learning how to map those for me because I, it, like physical energy levels change for me so much yeah. season to season. And like actually even going back to those, like, to function well in business, you need to get up at 6 a.m. You need to do this every single day. Like, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's not going to happen because of the change in seasons. Yeah. Like, especially here in Michigan, <laughs> it is a it is a four season. Yeah, you guys do seasons for real. Hard, hard four seasons. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to get outside the way that I do in the summer yeah. in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. I like sitting at my desk later in the evening mm. in the summer. I get more ideas. I am a idea at night person. Mm-hmm. But when night happens at like 4.30 in, you know, December and January, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still light out at 9.30 at night here now. So that's wild. My, my whole body. Yeah changes yeah the rhythms they have to and so like actually taking that into account and saying i am going to get more actual work at my computer done in the summer which is very different than most people mm-hmm. most people are like summer's here i'm out playtime yeah yeah no for me it's the other way around because also being outside in the heat is worse for my headaches mm. So being inside where it's cool Mm -hmm. and just having, you know, lots of windows where I can see all of the pretty things and take breaks to go walk in the garden and do things. Realizing that, okay, this is why I built a business Mm -hmm. to suit my needs. Mm -hmm. What a a beautiful thing you've built that you give yourself so much grace and you meet yourself where you are. The way you talk about it is just so intoxicating. It's so clearly yours. And I appreciate that. You know, I think there's there's something to like you doing your work and me doing my work makes it so that we can show up so much better together, right? Because I can trust that you've done your work and I'm doing mine. I'm we're not showing up as two half full glasses right now. It would be okay if we were also, but at least we would know that, right? Because we've like done our our work. But I, I love that you talk about it like it's so much yours. I've built this business. This is how I work. This is what I need. I love that. I mean, it goes back to like the conversation you had with Jeff, like I'm not having fun. Goodbye. (laughs) Like that's what I want, you know? Yeah. I want business to work like that. I want it to just be a whole bunch of people doing their own work, knowing that we're all interconnected and that we are better together when we've done our work. Right. We are better together when we've done Mm -hmm. and when we're all supporting each other in our best work. Yes, totally. Totally. I love that. So what's the best thing that you've created lately? Mm, oh, well, um, two things, one for work and one that's not for work. One for work is this brave deck, which I'm going to send to you Ooh. A card deck that um, Mo I and I created. This. Yeah. I've been seeing this on your Instagram. It's great. It's a 52 card deck. That's not, ca- not a card game, but it's just like random questions and they're good they're dang good questions. And if you're in a moment where you're like, I wish I, I wish I knew how to start this. 
they're the perfect thing. So they're beautiful. They just got redesigned. I'm really proud of them. And the questions are damn good. The other thing that I just did is that I, I painted a rainbow noodle in Crosley's room on her ceiling and down dripping down into her walls. And I am not a muralist. All right. And I am not a painter (laughs) and I did it. And it was so beautiful. And she loves it every day. Every day we lay in bed, she says, thank you for the noodle mama. Thank you for the noodle. And it's like such a small thing, but it's so great. I just like, I feel very proud of taking the time to just do something that was a little scary, you know? Yeah. And that was like, oh, we might be bad at this and this might look terrible, but we're going to go for it. It and paid off. That's so awesome. The kid likes it. You know, it gives That's me joy. Yeah. And I got to buy so many paints at Home Depot. Yes. Delightful. Just so delightful to choose that many colors off of that paint wall. Highly recommend. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Who's been inspiring you lately? Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to try and tell the story. I don't, I don't have like full permission to tell this story. So I'm going to tell it as, as carefully as I can. And I'm going to beg for forgiveness later. All right. One of my, one of my dearest and sweetest friends, her name is Isa, and she's in high school and she was dating this boy and he behaved badly. All right. He, beha- he behaved badly. It happens. I just, you know, I just said I did, you know, we, we do, it happens. That does not excuse his behavior. He behaved badly and she asked for an apology. Good for her. She, she told me this story yesterday. She asked for an apology over text because she said she didn't want to do it in person. Great. Absolutely. He wrote out this ginormous apology. Mm-hmm. It was quite specific. Okay. Very detailed. Good job. Apology, whether or not, whatever. Yes. Her response to it was, thank you. I don't forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> And I, um, I feel so inspired by that story because I would not have been that brave. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been at that moment in my life in high school. And I wouldn't, I don't know that I would be now. Like if someone heartfelt gave me an apology and I genuinely did not forgive them, even though that was a great apology, I'm not sure I could tell them that. And she said it so calmly and so assuredly that it made me laugh. Yeah, uh, no. And I, I feel so inspired by just being bravely who you are and not being in charge of someone else's feelings, even though their feelings are spread like peanut butter all over you. You know, like she still did not take ownership over that. And I don't know, I just feel so inspired by that. I also feel so inspired by that because these Gen Zers know the world is burning, y'all. They know, and they're still doing brave shit like that. And they don't have to. That's the other bit is that Gen Zers do not have to believe in freaking anything (laughs) because there is not much that gives them the reason to, and they are, they believe in themselves. They believe in things. They're building community. It's amazing. Gen Zers are awesome. I can't wait until their prefrontal cortexes are all in there. Cause they're going to, they're going to rock. They're going to need them. Amazing. Yeah. It's true. The teens are all right. They are all right. 
They're scary as heck, but they're awesome. One of your friends has been inspiring me lately. <gasps> Oakley. It is. Yes. Oh, I know. Let's do talk about Oakley. I'm going to preface this by saying I also watched an Amazon show called Outer Range that was set <laughs> just straight up in Wyoming. And I was just like thinking the whole time. Okay. Now I, I get this a lot more. Everyone's so out on, on their ranch and then everyone comes into town. Yes. I get yeah. it. No lie there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I get that. My parents had a house. Oh, my parents still have a house in the Catskill <laughs> Mountains in, in New York State. And everyone has like their house. You get that it. Is, and then there's a town. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Towns where you go to like high five each other. Right. And there's yeah. like a grocery store and an ice cream shop. Exactly. Yeah. That's where yeah. we go to pick up gossip and then high five each other and avoid our ex-boyfriends or girlfriends. Yeah. That was a lot of what the show was. The avoiding of the ex-boyfriends and the ex-girlfriends in town. Yeah. It's yeah. harder than it seems, y'all, when the town's small. Well, right. Yeah. When there's not that many people that you went to high school with. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, no, she's running for elected office and i have to imagine that running for elected office in wyoming as not a conservative is difficult oh yeah it's like a, it's like an extreme sport yes <laughs> our our hometown i love that i love that our hometown has a little bit more than six thousand people there's five maybe four four or five uh stoplights places intimate y'all intimate <laughs> And Oakley is not a subtle figure. She's gorgeous. Um, they're, they're beautiful. They're really beautiful. They're really loud. They always have been. And they're not the person that you would expect to run for city council. And they're brave as heck. Yeah, 4th of July. I watched some of the video of the parade. You are the best. You know that? I wish you could vote in Lander, Wyoming, Ward 1. I just love people who run for elected office. I Me think it too. takes it takes a brave soul to run for elected. I can't, I am not, I can't do that much people talking. Yeah. Good for you for knowing that. Yeah, no, you have to do, you have to, if you want someone to vote for you, you have to <laughs> actually ask them for their vote. So much and, people talking. Yeah, oh, I'm well, not, I'm, gonna I'm not willing. I am not willing to talk <laughs> to that many people. Cannot people talk that much. No, I will, I will gladly help out behind the scenes and do all of the strategizing which that is something that i am good at but actually saying i'm i'm gonna be your elected official come ask like give me your vote no that's not yeah. me yeah i mean it's so that is also very intimate don't you think like asking for a vote yes like and that is oakley's so good at it oakley's so good at it and oakley's so good at seeing the landscape of the people that she's interacting with so well that it's i'm interested to see if people feel seen by oakley in enough ways to vote for for them you know because it's it's hard work it's hard work running for elected office yes especially city council and yeah and especially in your hometown yes i mean one experience that oakley and i talk about often is how to be adults in our hometown it's difficult Yes, it is. Being a kid and reverting back to being a child in your hometown, far easier. Maybe more traumatic, but far easier yeah. than being an adult there. 
and letting the changes that have happened to you be seen by everyone seen and trusted mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I just think Oakley's doing such a brilliant job of introducing their adult version of themselves right now and in a way of um supporting the small town that we're from thank you for saying they inspire you that's so amazing there's just so many people right now that need a voice that are not that's just not that same voice that we've been hearing over and over and yeah. over again totally totally in even in the tiny limited interactions that that Oakley's put online about city council yeah that you know it's important to interact with the people who are not being heard yeah and haven't been able to be heard because of societal expectations yes yeah, one thing that Mo says all the time, which really inspires me, is not that it's giving voice to the voiceless. They have a voice. It's giving ears to the people who are not listening. And I think that Oakley is doing such a brilliant job at that, of at like elevating the people that need more space. Yes. And then giving ears to the people who need to listen, because it is about damn time. Right. And it starts in places like city council. We were talking yes. about how mostly city council's jobs are about budgets, but people don't even know that. <laughs> you know, right. like, of course. What does the city council even do? You know, like find out. And then, yeah, the fact that this model, this gorgeous model of an individual, literal model is running for city council, I think is kind of shocking our little town system. Well, right. And someone who, you know, went to New York City, had a whole bunch of New York City experiences, and wants to come back and serve the town. Totally. Yeah. Oakley's last job was at the Met. Like, they're not playing. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get my button. I'm going to wear it every day. I'm going to wear it while I'm sleeping. I can't wait. I'm going to make Arizona vote for Oakley. I'm totally down. That sounded threatening, but I feel like that's where we are at this stage in the world. (laughs) Like, hey, you're not voting. What are you doing? Australia has forced voting. See, I'm for that. Mandatory voting. And if you don't vote, then you like, it's a $20 fine. (laughs) Feels like it should be larger, but I'm into it. Well, like they get like 99 point whatever voting. And so like, right, just, just be like, and I don't even think it's, I think it's less than $20, but my, my Australian people will let me know. (laughs) I, it's, it's like a, a, a negligible fine. Well, I mean, if you owe $20 on your library books, you feel bad. Right? Oh, so $20 can be a lot. So well, that's why I only get I my di- back. I've only been getting digital library books lately. Well, partially because of COVID, but then they just take them back for me and I can't ever owe them money. <laughs> You're just forced returning. That's the opposite right. of forced voting. There's some like This American Life episode out there about voting in India where everybody is also forced to vote and they take the little voting booth and they come find you. No. <laughs> Like, so if you didn't vote, they just, find, they take the voting vote to you, which I really do appreciate as opposed to the country we are currently in where they hide the voting booth from you. The, yeah, they hide, they hide the voting booths and they take away the yeah. uh, absentee ballot machines. Right, and you might be unregistered at any moment. You never it's, know. It's true. You have no idea. <laughs> I saw the little registration ladies the other day and they were like, are you registered? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to go find out. But I was. I was. Unregistered. Did you you kick me out of the voting (laughs) registry? I have been ranting on the internet. Have you unregistered (laughs) me? 
I said something mean about the government. Did you kick me out of voting? <laughs> We're laughing, but I'm like, ha haing. Right. But it also might be true. We're both unregistered after this podcast airs. I have to say, Michigan has been doing some pretty decent things lately. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm also, can this all change at the drop of a hat? Yes. In Michigan um, especially, y'all. What's going on over there? Well, there's some weird things going on over here. Yeah. Apparently all of the Republican governor candidates used the same company to gather signatures for their Republican governor, you know, nominate. Like, you need to collect a certain amount of signatures so that you can be on the ballot. Seems sus. They all used the same company. And half of their signatures were forged, so they <gasps> didn't make it onto the ballot. Oh, yeah, you got to read about this. Everyone should read about this because I'm not going to explain it here. But you got to read about it. It's it's what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like now the top five candidates were excluded and some of them will they're going to some of them are going to do write ins. Most viable candidate legitimately was charged for being at the Capitol on one six. <gasps> I know. Right. Michigan. So get it together. Do you, you have a name? I just want to say this. If you ever decided to run for governor or public office, if you got into the people talking, that could be remembered to write in. Luckily for us, the governor, the current governor, she's running again. So I think it'll be okay. I love her. I do too. And they actually just also did a petition to change the state constitution to, there will be a ballot initiative on the ballot in November to change the constitution to guarantee abortion, guarantee reproductive health care rights enshrined in the Michigan constitution. Come on, Michigan. So come, come on. I will be talking about that a lot going forward as like, cause that is, that is, that is the solution. If, yeah, yeah. you know, we can't have it enshrined in the constitution because it's not written in the constitution, then the states can go and enshrine it in their own constitutions. Yes. That is, that is a solution right now. So if Michigan wants to do this, I will be telling as many people as possible to go out and vote in Michigan because this is how Uh we fix things. I mean, I feel a little, I was telling Sam the other night that I feel like I have goggles on in the ocean and ocean water is just rushing into my goggles. Like I just cannot, I, it's hard to make decisions right now because there's so much unknown and it's been like that for three years yes I feel like I'm probably longer for other communities that I'm just privileged to not be a part of and I you know am now awakening to my own like horror of it's hard to make decisions without any information yes and it feels like there's ocean water in my goggles and I cannot see the landscape what are we doing (laughs) you know right like Ah, it's exhausting if if Michigan is hostile to women who want to become pregnant people who want to become pregnant yeah then am i going to stay here if i want to become pregnant yeah right i mean new new jersey is not new jersey is not and will not become hostile yeah to pregnant people yeah unless like things radically change and if things radically change then i will have a, a totally different conversation I know, but like, what's the conversation? That's the part, you know, the Um, conversation just gets like so wild so fast. Very quickly. Yeah. I had to have a a real moment of checking if I was actually being dramatic 
<laughs> I guarantee you right now. Like I know. And I don't think I was. Yeah. I checked no. it. I checked it. I took a poll of, you know, women in my life. No. I don't think I was, but it's, it's wild to feel that way. You're like, am I blowing this out of proportion? Cause that's not usually my norm, my norm. And I don't think we are though. Cause I think like, okay, our parents had a relatively easy life. Yes. Like, our parents had a very relatively, our, our grandparents on the other hand, harder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if, if again, yeah. Yeah. like if I started thinking like, okay, well, if I were in my grandparents' position, yeah. Another quick story. You're going to love, love this one. I love it. I this is a fantastic one. Yes. My grandparents obviously grew up in like, my grandmother's ninety going to be 97 in October. Go girl. They're depression children. Yeah. Did not trust banks because they put my mother's wedding fund in a can under the sink. Okay. A large can? A, a large can. Okay. Very large can okay, under okay. the sink. Okay, good. They lived in a big house. Their sink dripped. No. Oh, yeah. <gasps> when they went to go take... And they, they never checked it. They never it was, checked the it can. It was in the bank. Why would you check it? It's in the bank. So they just, you know, they would put dollars in there the whole time. Dollars, dollars, oh, dollars, no, dollars, no, dollars. No. Oh, yeah. Just mud. Not it. They didn't. It didn't even look like money anymore. They went. They took to take it out. It was a coffee can. They put. My heart just stopped beating. What? Yeah. No. They were pretty sure they had about fifteen thousand dollars in there in 1978. No. So that's like two million dollars. I don't know what it actually is, but it's a lot. Right, yeah. Right. Like that's and so obviously like. Oh, traumatizing. Yeah. Terrible. But so there's a little uplift to this story. Okay, gosh. My parents took this can of mud. (laughs) After watching Ripley's Believe It or Not, they took this can of mud to the U.S. Mint in Washington, D.C. And were like, here's a can of mud. What can you do with it? And they were like, okay, thanks. Bye. And then like six months later, my grandparents got a check for like just over 50% of the money excuse me number one you can go to the mint with a can of mud yeah and they can first takeaway you do like the forens i i don't even know if it was forensics but i don't know what what it was they figured out how much about how much money they could see in there and (sighs) they figured out how much it was and they were like this is how much money it was oh i that i feel like that story came out of a movie that's amazing it's one of the coolest stories, like, right? Like, they got, and yeah, my parents <sighs> got a check. Oh, no, my, my grandparents got a check for, like, half from, the money. From the Mint. Amazing. From the U.S. government, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that. <sighs> See, magic does exist. Right? But, like, if, if you're not severely traumatized, you don't put, you know, yeah, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in a coffee can. <laughs> yeah and uh, to be clear i think that every single generation every single person has got their flavor of trauma right like of course like that yeah for sure but there are definitely like, some different but, flavors yeah here. like their generation has it has a, a fair fairly large collective traumas yes that now we are also having yeah similar collective traumas totally and you know us you know, checking the pulse of like, is it weird if we just like think about what it would be like to move to Canada if we absolutely had to? Yeah. No. Or honestly, would they let us? 
Like <laughs> that's where my brain goes. It's like, do they see, do they smell a rat? Do they see us coming? Canadians, let me know. And that's the thing is like thinking about it now, like, okay, well, what kind of person would I have to be? What kind of job would I have to have? What yeah. would have yeah. to happen? Like, and I don't think that that's really, that's not catastrophizing in a way that is spiraling out of control unless that's all you're doing all day of like, oh my God, what if? Yeah. That's not like. Oh, I'm so grateful to have this conversation. This feels very, um, I don't know, like real and true. And I feel like it's also not, or I'm having these conversations behind closed doors right now. I'm not having them on podcasts. And I'm so thankful for you to have them right now out in the open because it's like, you just dumped the seawater out of my goggles, you know, like where, or you showed me your sea goggles, <laughs> you know, like, yes, totally. Well, and I think when we talk about it out loud, it makes it like, we just, we, we swam up to the surface and we got some, uh, at least a breath of fresh air. Totally. And it doesn't have to necessarily be any more than that right now. Yeah. I mean, the collective fear, just acknowledging collective fear yes. or collective unknown is just very powerful. There's no need to be alone. There's no need to be alone in your fear. Yeah. And I think the first, the first bit of it is just say, acknowledging how scary it is um, and what the levels of scary are, right? Like I am temporarily able-bodied. I am trying to get pregnant, right? Like I am at a much different stage than many in this, in this fear section. And I feel almost like I cannot see, right? So the varying levels of the fear. Yeah. And it comes in waves. Totally. Totally. Do you, do you feel, what does it feel like in the moments when you aren't scared? Do you feel like, oh shoot, I'm supposed to be scared? <laughs> or are you like, this feels so nice. I feel like I'm resting from the fear. That's a really great question. And it, it's taken a really, really, really long time, but I've learned to enjoy joy. Mm. Bravo. Because so with a lot of the stuff specifically related to reproductive health care, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because this is this is what I went to school for. Mm-hmm. Um, my original plan was to be a reproductive rights lawyer until everyone told me, do not go to law school. It's the worst thing that you could possibly do and you'll hate yourself. I heard the same thing. Oh, I, I when I was taking practice LSATs, one of the one of my advisors was like, you know, go and talk to lawyers. And I literally went and I talked to eight different lawyers that I've known, like some were my mom's friends, some were friends that I had, some were people who were just into law. Every single one of them said, don't do it. Oh, no. (laughs) I was was shocked. (laughs) Even the ones that are successful older lawyers said, don't do it. (gasps) Lawyers, you got a reckoning out there. Yeah, no. Every single one said law school was the worst choice they made. They wouldn't become lawyers again if they had the choice. Um, it's not worth it. So expensive. Do not put yourself in debt to go to law school. Um, it, and I was like, okay, I, I believe you <laughs> loud and clear. Got it. Yeah. It, it was, it was very interesting. Um, wow. and so, yeah, but no, like my, uh, my junior focus class, uh, for political science, because the way the, polit- the political science major worked at Rutgers was there were t- small focus classes that you took junior year 
that you were supposed to kind of like hone in on one specific aspect of politics that you were interested in and mine was on the politics of reproduction your past self was just really setting your future self up for this <laughs> it's it's really weird too how it did but the entire time like between that and all of my women's and gender studies classes like we were talking about how mm-hmm. specifically the, the republicans have been coming after mm-hmm. reproductive rights mm-hmm And so I've been preparing myself for this, but I don't necessarily think that that makes it easier now that it's actually here. Yeah. What's it like to see Pinocchio come to life? You know, it's not acute, but it is like a constant, you know, when you've been swimming for a really, 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 really long time and then you get out of the pool Mm -hmm. and then it's still hard to breathe. Mm -hmm. That's the feeling Mm -hmm. that's always there. Yeah. I get that. Here's a question for you. I feel like there's probably some like weird socialization that I've taken in that makes this difficult for me. It's in very comfortable, loving community like we're in right now, you and I, and in relationship with people that I trust, I can admit how scared I am and how not brave I feel. And I don't want what comes with fear from the larger like circles of community. What I want is for people to say, oh shit, she's scared. I wonder what she's going to do about it, right? Like watch out, here she comes, right? I don't want it to be like, oh no, she's given up. And I think there is a little bit of that I sense of like, we can't say how scared we are because it might admit defeat. And I feel the farthest away from defeat I have ever felt but I feel scared and I'm having a hard time reckoning, holding both of those things, being scared and feeling my legs underneath me, you know, I'm wondering what that feels like for you. Do you feel like when you're having a hard time breathing right now, getting out of the pool, like, are you feeling scared or are you feeling your feet underneath you? And do you feel like you can say that you're scared if you are? So again, amazing question. The first thing that I'm going to say is you can't be brave unless you're scared. Mm. Bravery doesn't come out when you feel just fantastic all the time. If you're not in a place where you're feeling vulnerable or scared or fearful, the reactionary emotion is never going to be brave. That's, that's not where bravery comes from. Bravery comes from doing hard things when we feel like they're hard mm-hmm. we can't be brave you know made nervous means do it like <laughs> that's the worst thing i ever came up with because i have to live with it now well right that, and that's <laughs> well see that's the truth and yeah. i think like to go back to swimming is the thing i would say to myself is well you just love being in the pool you mm-hmm. love being in the water and so yes you're tired right now it's worth it you're you're gonna get back in there Mm -hmm. just because you feel tired just because you can't do it right now just because your body's saying we need a break for a second Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we're not gonna dive right back in in an hour tomorrow or the next time Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we're not gonna show up with everything we've got 
mm-hmm. or however we need to show up next time. Yeah. And I would much rather be on a relay with you actually in this, in this pool, like you rest and it's my turn to swim. We are not required to swim all at the same time. Well, and like, that's what not community building happen. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's interesting to build community within fear. Absolutely. Because if everyone's having a good time all the time, <laughs> then so flying. Right. You, <laughs> there's not, you only have that like surface level friendship that's being created. Yeah. When you talk about these things, when you talk about the vulnerability, when you talk about the fear, when you talk about the here's what I actually want, mm-hmm. what I really want for my life. And here are the things that I am truly scared of getting in my way. Mm-hmm. Here are the things that I am, you know, here are worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. And, you know, worst case scenarios are not, oh, here's a 10, you know, one in a billion chance of something happening. Here's a one in 10,000 chance of something happening. Here's, here, these are legitimate things that could happen. Yes. And I am nervous that if they do, I would not have any idea of what could possibly happen next. And that frightens me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being able to honestly sometimes say that out loud, mm-hmm. whether or not somebody just hears you, whether somebody gives you advice, whether you have the space, that creating that type of union, that type of community, that type of just conversation even, mm-hmm. that is bravery. Totally. And like that can only be met if people are willing to talk about their fears. Mm-hmm. And what they want. I love that. It has to be what about what you want. What do you actually want? And there's something here, right here, because in the like, really, I could get on a soapbox for a long time, but I don't think that women, I'm speaking in a binary right now, but like, forgive me for a second for it, but I think that women are not encouraged to want. It's synonymous with lack in our society. And a woman lacking is one of the worst things our society can think of. Agreed. So a woman wanting, right? That's where that like saying of like, do you want it or do you need it? So snarky. Uh, what if I want it? <laughs> That's fine. That is fine. And what's wrong with a woman wanting it? So I think this thing that you're saying of like, what do I actually want for my life? Yes. What do I want is a large jump to make because we haven't been asked that in a very tender way before. And we are feeling some immediacy, I think, as a society. And we need to make decisions quickly. And that is going to require us to get real with what we want. And I recognize that that is going to just be hard because we haven't been asked very tenderly, what do you want? Instead, we've been asked, what do you want, right? So that would be my my call to my community is like, let's tenderly ask each other what we want and let's please rush in that direction. Because it's time to figure that out. I completely agree. I love I love that we're back to the beginning story of you. If everybody at the party just says, I am not having a good time here. <laughs> we can go to Boston and have a freaking good time. Yeah, we can change this. Let's please do that. <laughs> like all please. we have to do is just like, what do we want? Yes. And be honest about it. 
be honest about how scary it is to want something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say for our, my, my male counterparts, believe me, because I've done a lot of work to figure out how to even say what I want. So believe me when I say it and when I am brave enough to say it out loud about how scared I am to want this thing, just believe me. And when I strap the rocket booster on, help me find some fuel. (laughs) Like, come on. 100%. Yeah. When somebody tells you something, believe them. Totally. How can people get involved with you and what you do? Download and listen to the podcast. Um, There's a really cool thing happening right this minute. If you want to be part of the, one of the best leadership programs, I think that there is, that doesn't have anything to do with a hero's journey and doesn't have anything to do with like a white dude telling you to climb a mountain. Mo and I have one and we're offering a free seat to somebody who wants to share our podcast and download and subscribe. Then we'll put your name in a hat, tag us, follow us and tag us. So we know to put you in the hat. There's not very many many names in the hat y'all chances are good. And it's leadership. It's business. It's like DEI focused. It's awesome. It's so good. And the cohort starts in the fall. So that's one way. Another way is to figure out what you want. I would love to hear the community of what we want because it makes me braver and my well for bravery right now is running low. Honestly, um, I identify as an optimist because that's the only, it's the only path forward I see for my family. Um, but I am finding myself feeling lonely. Um, and so the more I hear about community and what they want, especially from marginalized communities, like, yes, then we can go together. <laughs> Let's go together. Let's not be alone. I feel that. I feel that so hard. Hmm. How can we support you? Are you going to talk about that? Do you Come to- download the app. Okay. Yeah, the app. Your baby. I forgot. It's more like a toddler now. It, it is. It's almost a year. And <gasps> uh, I know. It's, it's delightful. Are you throwing a party for its birthday? I should throw a party for its birthday. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am actually throwing a party. It's going to be called the Awesome Ladies Project Virtual Scrapbook Festival. And it's going to take place in August, the week of August 16th through the 21st. Mark your calendars, people. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be free for Awesome Ladies Project All Access members. And it's going to be, there's going to be a small fee for if you're not an All Access Club member. And we're going to do all sorts of really fun things. Uh, I had a whole list over here, but then I spilled water on my desk earlier. So then my list is not here. You got to take that to the mint. Might be worse than me. I did put it in my computer beforehand. So it is (laughs) all copied down in a, in a computerized space. We're going to have games, challenges, prizes. What I love about the community is we all have this thing that we do in our houses separately, but then we come together on the internet and do it together. So it's a Mm. celebration of that. We've talked about this, but you are the, you're the most magical magic maker I've ever met because you found the renegades and you built the renegade table. And and I just, I feel weepy about it because you've made a home that doesn't require any entry code. No. It just requires everybody to just show their renegade card a little bit. It's true. What a magical thing. It's so delightful. (sighs) 
You've made the best corner booth. I I really do. I am proud of the community and everything. And it's going to be a really fun party. It's going to be a festival. Yeah. Great. How about we do currently list? Let's do it. What are you currently watching? Well, I just finished watching The Dropout about Elizabeth Holmes. I am slightly obsessed. I have now read most things on the internet and listened to the podcast and all the things. I'm caught in a net, y'all. I'm caught in a net on this one because was she wild? Was she insane? Was she a little off a rock? I don't know. Maybe. Or was she the victim of sexism and a double bind? Because there's a lot of dudes in Silicon Valley doing the same thing she did. I don't see them going to prison. The the her her boss dude got was guilty on all counts. Oh, I know you. So I watched it. I love it. Drop out. I love it. What are you currently reading? Well, I'm reading this. Come as you are, because I don't oh, know how is that? about my vagina, y'all. And you should <laughs> read it. You should read it. It's liberating. It's liberating. I haven't pulled out a mirror to look at my vagina yet. Just so everybody knows. I think that's the first step, but I'm just going to admit that here. I've never admitted that to anyone. So here it is. Now it's on your podcast. And this one, the comfort book. Ooh, that's pretty. It's great. And I also read a lot of good night, good night, gorilla, because it's what my kid's obsessed with. That's it. That sounds about right. What are you currently listening to? Well, I'm listening to Japanese breakfast a lot in terms of music nice and i'm listening to what is this podcast called well i was listening to conspirituality there for a hot second and then it just got a little intense for me i had to take a break but i am an avid the daily listener yeah it's short enough and i feel like that's about as much news as i can handle right now totally yeah what are you currently making i'm making well a lot of things for work and i'm making a children's book for Crosley and mm. a board book because we were jumping on the trampoline the other day and <laughs> she because I've decided that I'm just going to be a, a I'm going to collude with her always on her joy whatever gives her joy I'm going to collude with her on it always because I I just feel like that's the best I can do right this minute is like believe in whatever makes her joyful so we we jump on the trampoline and we're jumping and the moon was out and she said, mama, there's the moon. And I said, yeah. And she's, do you want to touch it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know, so I'm writing a children's book about for Crosley about touching the moon. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. <laughs> what are you currently feeling? Right this minute. Sure. Mm, right this minute, I feel so much warmth in my chest more than I've felt in weeks. I feel more buoyed after talking to you than I have in, yeah, weeks, months, maybe. I'm feeling there's this, there's this idea about anxiety that if you're having really intense anxiety, you should pull yourself out of your body and then lift yourself above the clouds and out just to like get a wider view to check your stories that your anxiety is telling you, you know, like what's true what's what's bigger than you, what's larger than you, what's up there, you know? to take in some larger air. And I feel like right now I'm like zooming all the way in. <laughs> like I am with my cells because I cannot zoom out to the clouds because it is scary out there. Um, so I'm very, I'm feeling very present in just 
taking temperature of my ownness. Like, where the heck are we? Where is my body? What is true for me? What's going on? And trying to be so honest with that. So feeling present, but also so grateful and thankful to be with you because this has been like a respite. I love it. I am so grateful to be with you. Hmm. What are you currently planning? I think I'm trying to plan. I'm going to Lander. I'm going to Wyoming in a couple weeks. And I'm trying to plan how to be an adult there. Yeah. I've decided to do this through my outfits. That's my first way that I'm going to be an adult. That's what I'm planning is that I had a teacher at art school who said that the first thing you design is yourself. And that simultaneously traumatized me and also has motivated me to use my outfits as my first calling card. So I'm going to do that by going home to my hometown and using myself as my announcement as an adult. I love that. Stay tuned for what that means. (laughs) I can't wait. I cannot wait to see this. (laughs) Adult May goes home. I'm obsessed. I'm so obsessed. May, what are you currently loving? Mm, I, okay. Well, there's some very sweet answer here about the things I love. And I'm going to say that those after this, but the first thing is, you know, those this like anonymous messaging thing that's going on in Instagram right now. I've been seeing this. Yes. Yeah. It might be a Russian bot and we might just be screwed. And I might've just given everybody's information to Putin. I don't know. I'm really sorry if I did, but it was freaking fun. All right. It was great. Yeah. No one, what I expected was like somebody to confess love to me. They didn't. So that was a little disappointing. But what did happen is that I got these messages that were so wholesome and so wonderful and so beautiful that I want to do it every single day. Like, I I think maybe anonymously, we might be getting kinder. And I think that might be because of this collective fear, but I was here for it. That was awesome. Other things that I'm loving, I'm watching my partner, Sam, be so freaking brave right now. He's a silversmith and he's a new silversmith and he's damn good at it. And he has never thought of himself as an artist before. And I'm, it's like living with a, like a a butterfly that has just come out of its goo phase and is now like shaking out its wings. And I love it. I love watching him shake off the goo off his wings because it's, he is going to rock and he doesn't even really know it, you know? That's so great. Hmm. That's just so awesome. He's also hot, you know, so. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. He's a hot butterfly. <laughs> so great when that happens. You're a delight. Oh my god, I love talking to you so much. Let's meet again. I was gonna say, we are gonna have to do this again. Remind everybody one more time where they can find you. Yeah, my Instagram's Mayrats, M-E-I-R-A-T-Z. And uh, that's a great place to start. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. Everybody follow may because she is just so delightful oh y'all you gotta you gotta ask for permission it's not because i don't want you there it's because of some weirdness of doing dei work you never know who's gonna follow you it's scary out there y'all and i got a two-year-old she's freaking cute though but ask me and i'll let you in i'm here for it it's true she's incredible and she's my birthday twin so so much Hmm. all right everybody we'll be back next week with another amazing episode Stay tuned. Uh, Thanks so much for listening and love you lots. Bye, everybody.